0: D&D After Dark is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast starring three semi-professional actors and full-time parents. Previously, on Dark Was the Night. Miss Walker battled ravenous dogs and woke up Robinson. I, on the other hand, while I still had another hand, was busy staring down Cthulhu my body, being piloted by his dark gift, blasted off my hand, foot, and then made for the window. Jules tells me that my back sprouted wings and my face cracked into an arrowhead-shaped thing. She slipped Britain's ring on my hand and I was able to narrowly escape Cthulhu. We made it down the clock tower and back to the hospital. We tried to shield Robinson from the horrible truth, but once he learned of the massacre at his home, he went mad. Unfortunately, Miss Walker's trial was still scheduled for the next day, and our star witness was beyond himself. I managed to shake him from his shock, and they went to the courtroom. There, Miss Walker met the prosecution, the assistant to the new nameless Homeland Secretary, and an old vanquished foe, Peabody. How is he alive? Who is his employer? Will Robinson's testimony be enough to save Jules from the rope? And most importantly, how did Major Armstrong's date with Anne Pearson go? All these answers and more questions await us. So let's not delay any longer. Sit back and enjoy this episode of Dark Was the Night.
1: Let us turn back the omniscient clock for just a moment as Jewel stands in her torn, stained Grecian dress standing before a tribunal of actual elected officials and specters of the past as we turn away from a heavily crippled and sedated Carl Patrick in his hospital bed. Let us instead turn back exactly one day's time. As Carl and Jules had left the Primrose Manor, making their way to 17 Shaftesbury and the fated conflict atop Big Ben, instead we make our way into the study, where a mammoth of a man prepares himself, adjusting his buttons preparing for a night out on the town with the mysterious and alluring Anne Pearson Major Armstrong as you thoroughly comb your your bald head with your uh, cowlick combed uh, blue, uh, blue blonde tuft atop the head into its meticulous place You hear a... Rapping at the study door. Go to it at once. As you... Open the door... uh, You see... The familiar kind of deep maroon coat... And... uh, White handlebar mustache... Of... Another fellow manservant... In service of the order... Um... Mr. C, or as you would know him, Robert Calhoun. Ah. Mr. Major, forgive me. Major Armstrong. I was hoping that you would have time to conduct your report before you uh, take off for the evening, sir.
0: I'm in a bit of a hurry, but... um, Just an informal report should do.
1: Yes, Uh, Well, you see, I can't help but notice that we have a few more guests at the manor that have not been authorized uh, by our lordship, and I'm simply just trying to make sure that the dockets are all in line, Major. So, therefore, let us begin with this Jonathan Crane.
0: Uh, Mr. Crane was crucial in obtaining the book that uh, the Order wished to.
1: instrumental, very well. Uh, we'll have him listed as a, a specialist on console. Um, and uh, will that be bearing your stamp, sir, or would that be the doctor's? The doctor's? Very well. He uh, still seems to be a bit under the weather. He's looking a, a tad green in the gills. He, mm. The chap said he was poisoned yes, earlier today?
0: Yes. Uh, we, we faced many harrowing incidents while we were about.
1: It's ah. a dangerous world out there. Well, you don't need to tell me, Major. But um alas, um uh, there's this one other party, um this Annabelle Pearson.
0: Yes. Miss Pearson is
1: uh has bears my stamp of approval. <laughs> um I'm gonna have uh Calhoun give a give a brief insight check here. Uh oh Lordy. Um terrible uh he looks at you and he's searching your expression but your eyes always have this earnest glow uh shining out about them so it is really almost impossible to discern anything from you whatsoever regarding the true nature of the intent she could be a prisoner or she could be uh a damsel in distress or she could be uh, someone that you have simply seized off the street he cannot read you to save his life and he goes so under Visitation purposes, I should have her listed as... A formal guest. I don't think we have a category for that, but I'll just write it in under Other. Now then, uh, Major. Um... <laughs> uh, Lord Smith, I uh, did have some uh, rather pressing news to discuss with you. Uh, I was instructed to... Uh, basically send you uh, uh, quite along to um, to the to Birdcage Walk uh, to check in with him as he does have uh, some pressing matters but uh, honestly I'll say this I haven't seen you quite this spiffied up in quite a while Major so tonight is an important night and
0: whatever business uh, Lord Smith has it can wait
1: (laughs) give me a persuasion check (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) guys <laughs> are <laughs> <coughs> favoring you so far I rolled a four Yay. Uh, You see Mr. Calhoun um, Kind of stroke his white mustache For a brief moment And he goes You know it's funny When I was uh, speaking with uh, Miss Pearson I couldn't help but notice that she was Slipping into some fancy attire as well Might I say Enjoy your night, Major Thank you. I don't suppose you'll be requiring chaperone this evening, though. Perhaps a chaperone would be... Goodness gracious, Major! I was simply joking! You're a grown man of impeccable honor.
0: Yes, but honor is very important. And, uh, this must go the correct way. I wonder, would you be willing or able Put you in an awkward predicament.
1: <laughs> you you see uh, Calhoun's lower jaw kind of open and close and open again as he's searching for the words. Uh, go ahead and give me a persuasion check. Come on, more than eleven. What's well, a sixteen? Oh my gosh! You said sixteen.
0: Sixteen. Oh my gosh!
1: You see Calhoun. Stop.
2: How many NPCs do you want with you on this date?
1: <laughs> as many as Robo can do. I hate you so much. Um, and he goes, would this jacket suffice? I could probably rush home and change into something a little bit more uh, formal if the are, occasion calls for it.
0: Are we at Primrose. Oh, Primrose. So I don't have anything this.
1: No, no. Armstrong would definitely have some stuff at Primrose. I will, I'd have
0: stuff for me, but nothing his
1: size. No, but this is an Order's headquarters. Oh, well... Then. So Calhoun can probably have some stuff as oh, well. We best uh, find you some uh, more formal wear. Subdued colors, then? Yes. Ah, I hate going monochromatic. Uh, a, a Perhaps a, a lilac cravat will be enough, too. The important thing of the night is to allow
0: the woman to shine. We are merely the frame for the picture. The vase...
1: Couldn't have said it better myself, Major. <laughs> and Calhoun, shaking his head, uh, goes up the stairs. Um, will you be taking your personalized carriage this evening, or will you be uh, imploring one of the other uh, Order members to uh, take on the role of cabbie this evening? Um, it's probably best that we have someone else
0: run as Cabby. That way Excellent. I can spend time yeah. with Ms. Uh, Bursk. Excellent.
1: Well, so, uh, after sending a runner ahead to reserve a uh, a table at...
0: Uh, We're going to...
1: The Trocadero. The the, Trocadero. The Trocadero in the Piccadilly Circus? Yes. Excellent. The Trocadero, a rather prestigious restaurant that has been open for only a mere three years at this point in time. Uh, The height of affordable, yet... Classy dining at its finest. Um, A veritable smorgasbord of uh, intrigue and uh, culinary delights uh, await those who enter this particular foyer. And uh, with the fastest runner that the Order has at their disposal, uh, you feel certain that between uh, Lord Smith's connections and your own intimidating presence, uh, a table should not be out of the question. Um, it is probably about an hour later, closing in at about 7.30 at night, a perfect time to begin exiting, when, uh, you enter the the grand welcoming room of the Primrose Manor, and there, descending, descending, descending the, uh, spiraled staircase in a beautiful, flowing, um, Rosé-colored gown. Covered gown. Colored gown. Guys, I can talk. (laughs) Frills. Not gaudy, but subdued. Subtle. Accentuating the uh, acute angles of her collarbone. uh, Where uh, not but a simple black-laced pendant with a uh, small emerald gleam uh, sits nestled upon her throat. Uh, her hair done up, the curls beautifully uh, bouncing and yet bound to the top in a series of cascading knots, um, white lace gloves coming halfway up the forearm, um, and a subtle makeup, the lipstick shade not too garish. After all, this is not a mere woman of the night. This is a lady of high tastes, one who has clearly found, what, why are you looking at me like that? Yeah, that? As a
2: former lady of the night. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> um, the eyeliner is accentuating those, those cobalt blue eyes. They seem to pierce you from across the room. She is Anne Pearson. She, and she doesn't so much as walk down the stairs as glides like some hauntingly beautiful specter. Lady, you are a vision. I
0: fear I will be the envy of every gentleman
1: our restaurant this evening. A predatory gleam enters her eyes at the high praise you have just showered her with. And she extends her hand daintily towards yours and says... Major Armstrong, I'm certain that this will at least be a memorable night, if not an outright enjoyable one. Oh, it will be very enjoyable. We are off
0: to the newest, the latest, the most luxurious of London's modern developments in refinement, order, and good taste the Trocadero. Oh,
1: my. The Trocadero, however, would you get a reservation at such short notice? My dear, I have connections. Uh, she swells with uh, anticipation. Um, her flushed bosoms heaving. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh
0: my. Yeah. Good thing I've got a chaperone. Yes.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Uh, a video was shared with me earlier today, going uh, women written by men, and it was mm. an absolutely horrifying um, description. Yeah, so I
0: men, felt like, ri- like, men written yeah, by women
1: are yeah. just as bad. Her, her, he her,
0: growled, he gruffed.
1: Her boobs oh. bounced boobily oh. as she <laughs> made her <laughs> way downstairs. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you enter the carriage, uh, and you see that uh, Calhoun has opted to take a uh, private handsome cab directly behind yours, directly in sight at all times, and he merely tips his hat as uh, Pearson makes her way past. She goes, oh, I wasn't aware that uh, a chaperone would be required. I thought it would be appropriate. Wouldn't want anyone in London getting the wrong idea. Well, now, Major, I'm sure between the two of us, any wrong ideas would be rapidly rectified. Of course. You share a light laughter. Guys, D&D is just an excuse to flirt with your friends. (laughs) I love you, (laughs) (laughs) Rollo. I would like to point out that originally, Soren's <laughs> wife was meant to play this character this evening. However, they both asked me to take this on instead. Quoting background character knowledge, which like we all... I it would be
2: impossible not to metagame playing this woman. Which we all know me. is
1: poppycock. Um, also, I
2: don't... you have got first date questions ready for you that I did not feel prepared to answer, so yes. you get ready.
1: Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Oh my
2: god. <laughs> I did not create this character said you're doing great
1: thank you the carriage begins its rapid transition through the london landscape the hustle and bustle of the finer lords and ladies making their way to the various dining escapades in uh, westminster and the rest of the piccadilly circus all jostle around you but the sure-footed steeds of this particular carriage cut with dexterity and with alacrity to deliver you at last to the... Trocadero. Trocadero. Thank you. Um, with there any small conversation that you wish to engage in on the, we'll call it, 20-minute caddy?
0: Um, I mean, if you want to have the
1: conversation, we can do that. Or we could simply save it for the... for the restaurant. Let's say that we just had, you know, uh, very light...
0: Conversation about the weather and, and different shops along the way that we passed was wasn't anything super in depth. This is this is just the, the prologue. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: Um, soren I'm trying to find the description that you had showed me of um, the
0: know, de- of the oh. entry. tree. Yeah, let me send you this one. I still have more.
1: Excellent. Uh, for those of you who are London listeners, please understand that this delay is merely because we wish to. Give true justice.
0: And if you are still listening, our London <laughs> listeners, we are sorry, but we're also thankful.
2: We're so so sorry. For our terrible terrible accents.
1: Excellent. I should be right. Okay. Uh, this is upon entry. Excellent. Perfect. Yeah. Um. As you pull alongside, you do see that there are a few valets at the ready. However, the cabbie, a uh, young Simon, uh, dismisses any needs. Uh, as he himself takes the cart to the <laughs> parking area <laughs> 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 along the, uh, the Piccadilly Circus uh, roundabout. Uh, as you help Miss Pearson descend, you do hear a, good luck, Major, um, whisper to you as you descend from the the, co- the, co- the carriage, not the cottage. Anne's eyes are hungry and searching as the great double barreled green, double barreled, double barred green doors part. The opening of this opulent new trocadero is London's latest and grandest area. Lord Shaftesbury. Lord Shaftesbury, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Um. Upon entering this area, this receiving room, the, uh, you're immediately struck with the large hall with the impressive staircase leading ahead. You see these various banqueting rooms, both on the ground floor and above. Running around the ceiling of this hall is a giant frieze depicting King Arthur's knights of the round table, six feet deep, 90 feet long, having been restored. Recently. No, not having been restored. This is something else entirely. Uh, But you're struck by a a sense of high society, a promising culinary experience that will not soon be forgotten. The rooms themselves, individual, sumptuous, promising privacy and exclusive dining experiences. And as you enter, Major Armstrong, with the Lady Pearson on your hand, or not Lady Pearson, but Miss Pearson on your hand, and Robert Calhoun... Shortly behind, you see uh, a gentleman with a pencil-thin mustache, a coiffed, uh, black, slicked hair, wearing a tuxedo uh, with a mother-of-pearl buttons going down his dinner jacket. Um, He goes, ah, yes, uh, good evening, uh, sir and miss, and sir again. Um, Do you have a reservation? Yes, I do. Name is under Armstrong i um, strong. Give me a quick insight check here, Major. Insight? That's a dirty 20. As you see him looking at the book, he's looking at you, and he's looking at Pearson. And you are merely seeing judgment with a dirty <laughs> 20. An ape such as yourself has no business having a woman this good-looking on your arm he looks up and he goes, oh, dear me, it appears that Armstrong is not on the docket for this evening.
0: Perhaps it would be under uh, is it the Golden uh, uh Well, uh,
1: that, that's a secret order. Know, under, so, so, so <laughs> uh, But your patron is Lord Smith.
0: Perhaps it would be under Lord Smith, my employer.
1: Lord Smith, that's very funny. The Secretary of War for Her Majesty has the same name. That is the same. Hmm? I work for the Secretary of War. Give me an intimidation check there, Major. 16. 16? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, natural one. Uh, <laughs> as you do hear just a little tiny squeak, you're not sure which end of him it came out of. Um, as he goes... Oh! Goodness gracious, someone had written your name at the bottom rather than alphabetically at the huh. start. Um, yes, of course. No, and we do see that um, a, a, a complimentary bottle of uh, champagne is already awaiting you in the, in the Alexander dining room, ah, sir. Excellent. Yes, And will your manservant be attending on you as well in this room? Not my manservant, he's a chaperone. Thank you, Major S- <laughs> Major Armstrong. No, indeed, as a fellow employee of Lord Smith, I do not consider myself to be quite so mediocre in my titles, maitre d'. Oh, no, of course, I wasn't, of course, suggesting anything of the sort. Um, Follow me, please. (laughs) As he leads you up the stairwells, you pass by the uh, mural of Sir Belvedere, Illustrating to Arthur how one weighs a woman against a duck. <laughs> <laughs> Further up,
0: we, we have we have descended into away, dear listener. <laughs> no longer are we doing a verisimilitude of reality. We have descended into pure Monty Python.
2: <laughs>
1: you next see you know a familiar mural, mural of
2: We're in a flying of uh,
1: the castle Anthrax. <laughs> Castle um, Anthrax and further on you see a the Trojan Rabbit uh, and its uh, entrance upon the uh, French <laughs> the uh, French Castle until at last you reach the Alexander's dining room depicted in the <laughs> style of Alexander the uh, Conqueror uh, you pass by a man with a old-timey lute strumming as he uh, walks by in his inflated pantaloons <laughs> and a floppish cap with a massive feather on it, going from room to room, often being paid just to leave. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I really should be vetting this music before I hit play. Um, oh my gosh. There we go. As you take a seat at this very exclusive table, you do see that the sliding wall has been opened so that not only do you get a nice delicious cross breeze from the balconies overlooking the London landscape, but also so that you might uh, gently hear uh, various other diners in various stages of their own courses In fact, a a 12-top sits not 30 feet away from you in one of the adjoining rooms, Uh, clearly the Agamemnon room, uh, (laughs) uh, as it does depict uh, a rather fat king of Sparta uh, and his brother. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They appear to be... uh, Thank you. Uh, They appear to be in the stage of uh, eating a a stuffed duck uh, with... uh, hard-boiled quail eggs bisected in an arrangement on a bed of kale. The smells wafting through, inspiring your already impressive, voracious appetite. And as you look over, you see Pearson is idly idling each of the... idly eyeing each of the courses before she approaches the table and looks at her chair expectantly. Oh, I will absolutely hold her chair back. (laughs) Oh! And Typically, when the pushing the, and the, chair the chair back in, the woman elevates herself just the tiniest bit to allow the chair to slide in more easily. However, Anne does not have a chance to do so, and you, with your immense strength, merely just whoop, oh, okay. slide it right in. Give me a either a <laughs> dexterity check or a sleight of hand check, to or no performance or sleight of hands. Okay. Um, to determine how smooth this is, Major.
0: That is smoother than butter. That natural 20?
3: 20. 20 plus 1. Oh my <laughs> God.
1: This date is going so
3: well!
1: <laughs> <laughs> you do hear her let Happy loose a little.
3: Before role first
0: date, yeah. I don't know if we have. This I don't so know funny. if we
1: have. This might be a first for this table. <laughs> um, as Anne is slid in, you do hear let loose a little. Oh my! Uh, as she takes her place. The white linens are uh, gently draped, and a couple of candelabras are set uh, romantically to illuminate just the profiles of the two of you. Wedged away in the corner, you see Calhoun does uh, have his own little private table, and he is already whipping out his napkin and gently tucking it into the uh, neckline of his own personal tuxedo. He does not wish to spoil the uh, order's uh, spare apparel. Spare apparel. Um. As you sit down, uh, menus are presented to the both of you. And Armstrong, the table is yours. Might I recommend
0: either the hot rump steak and kidney pudding or the veal and ham pie. Although, I've also heard the fillet of fish is also quite, quite good here. What
2: about the mick <laughs>
1: Anne's arms daintily cross in front of her As she leans forward across the table Looking at you searchingly She goes You know, Major You seem to be An excellent judge of character I think I'll let you decide
0: Very well Well, snap
1: for the Armstrong, you may now make an insight check With advantage because of your natural 20 to divine what Pearson's favorite dish might be.
0: Oh, so close. Oh, well. With
1: advantage, sir. I know.
0: It, it went Am twenty, the then it rolled over. Huh? The you can be if you want. It was twenty that rolled one, so we're gonna go uh, insight. Yep. That's only at twenty-one. I hate
1: you. <laughs> With a DC of eighteen, you feel like Anne is a bit of a white meat individual. So the rump roast, unless this is rump being cow. It's
0: steak, so I must go for so, the, <laughs> I, either the uh, chicken of some sort, perhaps, yes.
1: Mm. Distinct impression. You did see a slight crinkling of the nostril when you mentioned fish. Yes. That, yes, or no. I don't know.
0: Very subtle. Definitely going for the uh,
1: Give us your best French waiter, Emily. Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, that's I'm okay.
1: Excellent.
0: I, I just, well, I I'm, a sorry.
2: I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you were still looking something up.
1: The massive snap <laughs> echoes throughout the <laughs> restaurant.
2: Um, so the waiter comes in who um, has impeccably coiffed hair oh, okay. um, and uh, very, very close, clean-shaven great care to his uniform, obviously cares about this job a lot. Uh, saying, oh, oui, oui, madame, monsieur. And he looks at uh, Anne and nods like this is very normal and then looks over at Armstrong and then looks up at Armstrong because he he's so him. tall sitting in his seat and the waiter's just going to balk for a moment. Bark, 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 bark. Monsieur.
0: <laughs> what can
2: I get for you?
0: Uh, I shall begin with the hot rum steak and kidney. Uh, along with the hot steak kidney pie, please. We uh, use a
2: hot rump.
0: The, the lady uh. would appreciate something in the chicken line. Maybe a. a, a mm. Either the chicken lemon. or. Do you have anything of pheasant? Oh.
2: We? Of course we have pheasant. What <laughs> kind of establishment do you think we are?
0: Only the best. Now, uh, have s- and
2: your coming here shows you have excellent taste. Right. By the way, this waiter is not paying any attention to Anne at all. Only Armstrong. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Ooh. laughs> also, uh, of course, like some uh, bread and butter to go with that, but some almond pound cake would be appreciated, and uh, perhaps uh, a smattering of uh, fruit tarts and
1: s- sardines.
2: You have a healthy appetite. Yes. and like that.
1: One now, must. Major, if I am to be getting poultry... And you are to be having steak. Pray tell, whatever shall we do for the wine?
0: Fear not. This establishment has quite the variety of beverages. We shall have both white and red. Not Uh, in the same glass.
1: uh, Armstrong, uh, and actually Sorby, I need to ask you a brief question here. Um, When you say white and red, is that your wine knowledge coming through or is that armstrong's that's wine armstrong's. knowledge that's armstrong's wine knowledge coming through okay at this point in time we are going to have our first date check Uh-oh. <laughs> you 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 got the, you earned it you, you earned a point with the with the designation of the pheasant divination of the pheasant oh. i should say however Referring to the wines as the white and the red, mm-hmm. tut tut tut, <laughs> for a woman who has been well versed in French cuisine, that is a cardinal sin. Yes. Oh,
2: I forgot that. So
1: therefore, I need you to give me a straight charisma check, DC 16.
0: Ooh, a 16. It's not going to be good. No Popped yep. out. We're good. It's 19.
1: Oh my
0: god!
1: Okay. She
2: thinks it's charmingly rustic. She does! Um,
1: as she, as cool you choice. say that, um, the waiter, who is also no doubt extremely well versed, a, a, a budding sommelier, one might say, um, uh, and uh, g- lets loose almost a slight giggle. <laughs> and she says, oh, Gasson. Uh, and then she proceeds to speak with you en français. Asking that the gentleman probably likes something, um, one of one of your more dry Malbecs of the red variety, and she feels that uh, if you are going with um, a kind of a lemon uh, pheasant, uh, perhaps one of the uh, sharper, uh, perhaps a, 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 um, a Sauvignon Blanc would uh, be sufficient for the whites. Nothing past 1872. For the white grapes.
2: Uh, waiters impressed. Uh, we madame. As they have this conversation. Um, while the conversation is happening, the waiter looks over at Armstrong and winks at him.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh Armstrong, do you speak French? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Give me an intelligence check, sir. This is not a date check. This is merely (laughs) To see how much you're picking up on.
0: I rolled, I'm rolling
1: so hot tonight, that is an 18. Oh my god!
2: Please keep that up later, when we're in the
3: trial. <laughs>
1: um, okay, uh, with an 18, not only do you get the full uh, slew of the conversation regarding uh, your adorable faux pas with the white and the red, um, but uh, how much of the waiter's amicability for Armstrong would be coming across in this conversation.
2: I mean, he's, it, it, de- it depends on... Like, uh, are we having
1: gossipy girl talk real quick about how big this man is in front no, we'll say? No. Okay, gotcha. This is,
2: this is the first interaction of the night. We're not it's going that true. far. It's very true. <laughs> very
1: true. Very well very well said, uh, garçon, uh, which is what I will be referring to as until uh, you give us something else. Oh, that's Excellent. Um, Nameless waiter. Nameless waiter. So the garçon exits to uh, begin bringing in the first course as well as the wine. And, um...
2: At which point the bard comes in! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was kidding. I was totally kidding.
1: (laughs) I have it. I have it. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Feasting on a lord. There we go. Um...
0: <clears throat> might I, might I ask, Miss uh, uh, what is I'm gonna like look at, like, like start to look at a card that I've like, I've
1: got some cards here.
0: <laughs>
1: the musician this, begins uh, to madam. almost impro- encroach on your personal space. I- excuse me, madam. Um, <laughs> this <laughs> is a
0: man. <laughs> uh, I-, I apologize, please, so, uh, uh, so can can you? Not see that we are engaged in conversation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The the, musician holds out their hand expectantly.
0: Put a penny in his hand.
1: Great. (laughs) uh, I guess I'll subtract a penny. (laughs) Um, The bard exits. (laughs) The Alexander dying room. A couple pennies richer. Yay. Um, And Pearson looks at you expectantly. I believe we were rudely interrupted, Major. We were, uh,
0: Miss Pearson. I, I feel I know so little about you, and I, yet I feel I've known you for for ages already. But perhaps seem uh, forward, for me to ask. But your family—what what is your relationship with uh, your your family, your loved ones?
1: Um. You see and take a sip of her water. No ice cubes, of course. Um, you know, they don't have ice in Europe. Uh, <laughs> and she... Depends
2: on the time it's,
1: it's true. And she <laughs> sets it down, and she is idly toying with uh, one of the rings around her finger. Um, and you just see that it looks like it's a wedding band upon her middle finger, of all things. And she goes, Well, my mother... I passed before I could really establish a relationship with her, but as one might expect, you know, what young lady doesn't develop maternal fantasies, I imagine she and I would have gone along splendidly. As my father and I, well, he took the death of mother quite hard, and although he did try his best with me, we did grow distant. He provided well enough for me, but um, unfortunately he too passed about five years ago. So sorry to hear that. Uh, what an unfortunate event happened
0: to, to you. Um, forgive me for bringing it
1: up. Oh, of course, Major. It's actually been brought to my attention that it might be healthier to talk about these things rather than let them stew. Oh, well,
0: Mother, well um, w- when you were little, uh, what did you hope to become when you grew up? <coughs>
3: He literally has a questions to ask. Out your, your date. Excellent.
1: Um, I'm gonna have uh, Pearson give me a perception check to see if she can pick this up. Give me a sleight of hand check. She's got plus five. Oh no! Oh my god! A <laughs> well, sleight of hand that's only I like a nineteen.
2: These dice, I think
1: I rolled a natural one. It's a nineteen, yes. so. I roll. I'm using my sum novum dice. Normally, these ones are really good for me. The dice want the state to go well. They want the state to go so well. We're going to get married. She does not see you <laughs> flipping through the cards. Um, <laughs> instead, she goes, Well, Major, I suppose at finishing school, I I did have dreams of becoming a, an author. Uh, however,. At the death of my father, I chose to become more practical in my pursuit of a career, and uh, I trained as a uh, sous-chef in Paris for a few years. I've picked up a couple of odd skills here and there, as you can (laughs) no doubt attest to. But, sir, you are waylaying me, laying siege against my past when you're not offering any of your own. Are you close with any of your family? Major. uh, Mother and father are not distant, but
0: aloof. We uh, Armstrongs do see each other on holidays, of course. Uh, My sister also went into the military. She's somewhere up north, perhaps in Russia.
2: You're hilarious. Uh, Why am I hilarious? (laughs) Why are you?
0: Um, I I suppose as close as one could be or should be with uh, one's family my my childhood was loving Uh, yes I have no 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 such uh, misfortunes as you have uh, endured
1: your sister's in the military yes that's quite remarkable she is quite remarkable Oh, she sounds like an individual I would like to meet
0: As you should And most likely shall I, I could arrange a, a, a Meet between you two
1: Most likely shall, my major Aren't you being awfully cheeky and presumptive
0: No, I, I Forgive me, it was a mere slip of the tongue I, I, You
1: hear Calhoun?
0: <coughs> Don't rush it
3: <coughs>
0: <laughs> right, um, <coughs> Look down at my notes Thanks, <laughs>
3: thanks Calhoun
1: And you see uh, Anne lean back and go, he's doing quite well, Mr. C. Uh, um, perhaps, <coughs> I'm not here. <coughs> I have
2: your wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you.
1: He's
2: gonna just like pour it for Anne. Uh, with respect, because oh, the course. French conversation <coughs> yeah. really take his time to pour it for, uh, for Armstrong.
1: Uh, like wafting himself. the cork yeah, under absolutely. his nose. Mm.
2: Um, she's definitely going to um, bump him. Yeah, accidentally. Uh, sorry,
1: okay. sorry. Feel the, the muscles. <laughs> uh, give oh, me sorry. an insight check there, major. Uh, that's too fun.
2: I'm
0: having. Woo,
2: woo! Oh my gosh! Natural twenty?
0: No, that's a that's only a, a twenty-two. Sorry,
1: <laughs> only a twenty-two. Uh, is this uh walk us through this this uh, waiter's mindset? Is this uh actual? Is this animal attraction or is this curiosity?
2: Oh, it was a little both.
1: Okay, gotcha. Uh, Major, um, he's as not the... not
2: seen a male form yep. like this. Quite, this.
1: quite this fantastic. As, uh... I mean,
2: like, that, he was just like, I have to, I have to feel it. I have to feel his arm. Yep. I have to feel it. As
1: you feel the slight tensing of fingertips around your bicep as the, the patting comes by. Um...
2: Oh my, you look quite well lit. <laughs> this
1: comes from
0: a rigorous <laughs> exercise. Retro.
1: At the word rigorous, <laughs> the waiter's jaw drops a little bit. Perhaps a slight... <laughs>
3: Sorry. Anyway, that's it. And then
1: he leaves. To <laughs> yep. so go to the bathroom. Um. <laughs> to poop. Um, uh, uh, perhaps,
0: uh, <clears throat> what uh, in your past, what would you say was the uh, worst that
1: you've been on and why you see her actually get a little bashful and she kind of retreats in on herself for a moment she goes, ah. well in four pence out four pound major in the nature of full disclosure this is my first date I've not had a gentleman caller before. Miss Pearson, may I
0: be forward with you as well? By all means. This
1: too is my first date. <laughs> a comfortable silence. You
0: guys are adorable.
1: <laughs> a comfortable silence falls over the dinner table as you share in this bashful admission. The uh, first course is delivered along with the fruit cakes. Um. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, as Garcon <laughs> comes in, um, Whispered in French, um, you do hear. Uh, he is quite impressive, isn't he?
2: <laughs> to, to me?
1: Yes. Oui, <laughs> oui. oui. <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs> you see <laughs> that over the course of some uh, light small talk that's not centered at a specific uh, relaying of uh, information um, talking about the the carriage ride over talking about the countryside versus here she talks a little bit about her finishing school um, and the wine begins to deplete on both your sides you've probably each finished about two glasses as the uh, fifth course is delivered uh, Armstrong go ahead and make your next question and then you will need to make a date check This is the most ridiculous game of D&;D I have ever
3: played. <laughs> uh,
2: just saying something
1: It really is. <laughs> I've played a glass ornament stylized as Ebenezer Scrooge, and this is the weirdest game I've ever played.
0: Would you uh, consider being a, a co-parent to a pet in the future? <laughs>
1: cat or dog
0: I've always been the feline uh, species has always appealed to me although I've never owned one myself my parents were strictly dog people I can abide them but something about cats
1: is mysterious you see her her lips twitch, just the tiniest bit. Give me your next date check, oh, sir.
0: What, what am I rolling? Is this just a... Oh, Straight charisma. Right. Oh, charisma.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. DC, 10, because you made the right answer. Dirty 20. Oh, oh my, my god. god! We're getting
3: married! We're getting married.
1: <laughs> that is two successes, no failures. Oh. You know, Emily, I really hope he was this enthusiastic about your first dates.
0: Oh, I sure Only was. Only
2: once I was no longer in the room, but okay, he told me gotcha. about it later. I, I danced
0: all the way home, and then when I got back to my apartment, I was like, You the best date!
1: Oh. You were coming? <laughs> it, it was. We had
2: great dates.
1: Excellent. Uh, she said, in the past tense, the romance I mean, is dead. No, it's it's gone. Me, it's, we still have it's great now, dates. It's oh, now just, it's you and me. And me. It's just you and me. Just
0: you and me, baby. boo. You and me. Don't make eye yeah. contact.
1: <sighs> okay. Um <laughs> There's a lot of love in this
3: room. She uh
1: she says, you know, um actually, uh Carl Patrick and Jules Walker have a, a delightful little feline that they came to uh allow in their own residence. Uh, Shadow, I believe her name was, and she's I wouldn't mind one of my own to be perfectly honest. Of course, you know, being the roaming soul that I am at the moment, I don't quite have the roots to lay down to take care of an animal at this point in time. Hmm. I do hope to change that before too long.
0: I, I hope so as well. I hope to see more of you.
1: Ask about her living arrangement, <coughs> <coughs> Mr. Oh, C, so you, Mr. C. Are you? Mr. C. Are you? Are you? Are you quite all right back there? Oh, don't mind me, missus. He finishes his fifth glass of sherry.
0: (laughs) Uh, While we're on the subject, uh, how would you define
1: home? Hmm. Well, certainly not in a hotel. Certainly not in a halfway house. Certainly not on the streets. I suppose I would define home as that which I where I can lay down my guard. It's not often that it goes down, you see. At this moment, you put aside the romance in your mind and you embrace the warrior, the fighter, the brilliant military mind that can see... All threats, And you remind yourself of how it was just earlier in the day that you nearly lost your teeth to uh, the ball on the chain wielded by this woman. Mm-hmm. That she was able to slip through shadow and through holds that no man had ever slipped through before. And you see that even now, as she is daintily cutting her pheasant, it is with iron grips and corded muscle always ready to pounce. Mm. Like some sort of feline. Yeah. Um.
0: I may I assure you that uh, whilst in my company uh, you have no need to keep your more than able to provide any sort of security that you might be yearning for.
1: My dear Major, are you indicating to me in your own sweet way that I require protection? Not at all.
0: Only that I... You said it's difficult for you to put your guard down. You need not be guarded when you're with me.
1: Major, you may make potentially your final date check. Give me well. a charisma check, DC 13. I hope it goes well. 17. Oh my gosh! I'm so happy! <laughs> <coughs> 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 That is three successes. Yes! We're going to need to change the music now to happier Victorian music.
2: (laughs) Rooftop chase! I'm just kidding. But that is my favorite music.
1: You see a playful grin come across her face. <laughs> and you see her shoulders actually relax yes. a little. And she goes, Very well, Major. Consider me relaxed. And I think quite ready for another glass of wine, don't you? Indeed.
2: What is this music? <laughs>
1: Um, oh, we are going to go dance. Garcon. For sure. Garcon. Uh This is presented to you at the door with instructions to give to Major Armstrong. I like how you're reading music, the telegram. How dare you. <laughs> As Garcon enters, you are handed a piece of paper. Good job, Garcon. He's like, here. You start to first, first you start to read it like a nosy Nelly. And then you're just like, Here.
3: I was starting to read it.
2: The waiter did not. The waiter put it very carefully on a silver tray and brought it in and said, it's you. He can't even, like, look at him now.
1: Major, in this gentle lull of the evening, you are presented with a telegram.
0: Do I know this person?
1: Uh, the, the initials?
0: H.I. H, Nigel Eggers.
1: For, Nigel. For,
0: for those of you... Oh, it just had a... Yeah, sorry, Nigel.
1: H.I. would be head inspector.
0: Okay, head inspector. Okay. Uh, for those of you not seeing, um, it says uh, A... A.A. What's the A.A. for?
1: Alex Armstrong. Oh, okay, sorry. I got it. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? Uh, who am I? Who am I?
0: I'm Alex Armstrong. It says uh, A.A. <laughs> New assignment of highest priority. Stop. Report to H. I. Nigel Eggers at the yard. Stop. Deadly force authorized. Stop. The Crown's shadow served serve the light. Stop. W. H. S. Which W. H. S. Would be the (laughs) William William
1: H. Smith. Smith. Yeah, so Smith. Right now. She sees you peruse it. I,
0: I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm perusing it, and I, I fold it back up, and I'm... Uh, I'm very, i very... I don't want this date to end. It's going so well. Uh,
1: Something the matter, Major? Uh,
0: no. Uh, allow us to complete our uh, dinner. Uh, Garcon. We... Oui. And I'm going to reach in and put a pound note on the on the tray with the with the thing and say, uh, "You are unable to find me at the moment, uh, but you will continue searching for me."
2: Oui,
3: Monsieur. <laughs> He's gonna take the
2: pound.
1: Now, of it. unless I was vastly mistaken, I did see a uh, more open area on the first floor, perhaps where some more entertaining music might be playing and perhaps we can see is your shores foot as you are a fist
0: my dear it would be my honor to be your dance partner
1: she takes your hand and you make your way ah. down to the ballroom
0: oh my gosh it's happening <laughs>
1: uh, give me a give me a performance or an athletics check
0: Oh no. <laughs> so that's a 10, but I rolled a natural one. Oh, oh
1: buddy. Gosh. You know what? If there was ever something to roll a natural one on, I promise you it was this. Man. Because Major Armstrong, you go down as bubbly as a as a babe. You are filled <laughs> with the excitement of a child awaiting the visit of Father Christmas. <laughs> you uh can hardly contain your exuberation as you make your way to the floor and it isn't it isn't until your uh right hand completely encompasses her back as you take the position of a waltz <laughs> that you realize with horrifying clarity you don't recall when you last danced mm-hmm. this was not something that you prepared for
0: i was ready to come and have dinner and have a good conversation, but I don't know if dancing was on the... Oh, dang it.
1: (laughs) Between her own dexterity, though, you avoid crushing her feet. The same cannot be said for... Three other patrons.
3: Um,
1: (laughs) whose, uh... Elephantine steps make short work of their tailored toes. Um, the soft crunch of cartilage Oops. and bone oh, from various man. tones, followed by yelps of, <laughs> and you feel, uh, you at one point feel a body <laughs> turning towards you. I do see it. Uh, Followed by just limping off of the dance floor. Pretty and nice. Anne is looking at you and she can't stop the laughter. Uh, um, <clears throat> she goes, no, no, the, allow me. The foxtrot has never been on my <laughs> Burst. Close your eyes, Major, and feel the music with me. And one, two, three. One, two, three. It would three, be romantic three, if she one,
3: wasn't the two, worst.
1: Three. One, she is two, the best. Three. She's beautiful, and I love her, and she will be my wife.
2: <laughs> She's a little less the worst. And you
1: spend the next hour.
2: Oh, but she did poison me and put me in a closet once. So. She did.
1: Uh, okay, so it once once we
0: come to. uh a suitable climax of this evening. I'm going to escort her back to the carriage, and uh, I'm, I'm going to say to the chaperone, to Mr. C, I'm going to say, uh, Mr. Ms. Calhoun, right? Yes, uh, Robert Calhoun. Uh, Mr. Calhoun.
1: Yes, Major. <laughs> uh,
0: I have received word that I must report to uh, Scotland Yard. Oh. Would you mind... Miss Pearson back to the manor and might I take your uh, handsome cap?
1: if you can fit me <laughs> I'm terribly sorry old boy that was that was immensely rude of me please by, by all means um, I will ensure that she gets home safely fret not my friend um, um, do you mind if I actually employ your quarters this evening I'm afraid that uh, uh, by all means. Mrs. Calhoun does not appreciate when I stumble in smelling of sherry <laughs>
0: By all means, my good friend.
1: (laughs) Good night, Major. Thank you
0: for a most successful and uh, wonderful evening.
1: You gave this old man a memorable evening, and (laughs) might I say, well done. And from inside the carriage, you hear, indeed, well done, Major. Uh, uh. She leans out of the window as Robert goes around to enter from the other side, and she says, I had hoped that you would escort me back to Primrose yourself.
0: I, I had hoped so as well, but I, I received news that cannot be avoided.
1: Very well. Major, you appear to have some fruit tart stuck oh. on your face. Oh. And as you lean in, she cups oh the side gosh. of your head and gives you a chaste peck on the side of your cheek. Oh! And as she leans back, she says, Consider that my invitation for another night.
0: I shall take you up on that invitation as soon as it's socially socially acceptable. Um,
1: good night, Major.
0: Good night. <laughs> and as soon as they're out of sight, the whole
1: <laughs> well, 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 clicks. The man to side. who is nearly eight feet! All <laughs> doing little tiny Jimmy Stewart heel clicks.
0: What an evening. <laughs> and I'm going to
1: <laughs> make my way to the yard. Excellent. Switching the music.
0: That couldn't have gotten better! Oh
1: my goodness gracious! That was so good. I'm good, he's a
0: schoolboy. Here you are. Major. It is nothing's gonna take me off this high. I could see five hundred <laughs> kids
1: dead, and I'd just be like, "She oh, kissed me." <laughs> it is eleven thirty at night. When you at last make it to the yard, there does appear to be larger activity than would be normal for this time of evening. And as you um, enter the initial entrance of uh, Scotland Yard. Um, you see a uh, younger constable working the front desk arguing with a more heavy-stead individual. Uh, Guy, Listen here, Matthews. I understand well and good that you're upset that your uncle is apparently getting the boot, but it is hardly my problem or anything that Scotland Yard can do about it. You are on the same level of authority as I am. Therefore, we might as well be worms, sir. And you see one of the constables taking a swig from his flask before tucking it back in going may you listen good
3: yes, sir.
1: the Matthews family is an institution of London and we will always have a place and I don't care you don't see it I don't care that uh, 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 this. Nigel Edgars doesn't see it I don't even care if the bloody queen sees it we will get what is due to us and he kind of stumbles into the back room oh ah, uh, good evening sir what seems to be the uh problem i um, how may you help
0: Lord Smith has sent me to report to Inspector Edgars
1: ah oh that's going to be a very weird thing to hear. Ah, uh, head inspector, Edgars. That's right. Mm. Preferred Robinson myself, but... Oh, I'm sorry, sir, forgetting my place. Um, yes, uh, allow me to uh, bring you to him. Brings you into the back rooms where you have to duck through the hallways to avoid smacking your head on the low-hanging archways. Until last, you're brought to a very Spartan office... Where a man with short cropped gray hair, slicked, and a uh, slightly, not as bushy as your own, but a uh, slightly patchy mustache and um, scruff on his chin. A man pouring through numerous files, going, Good God, Robinson, what have you left me with? (sighs) Oh! You'd be Smith's man, I take it. Major Armstrong,
0: at your service.
1: That's good enough for now, Hayes. You're dismissed. Yes, Inspector. That's Head, Inspector. Of course. Head, Inspector. My apologies. He leaves. Have a seat, um... Leg strong. Ah, arm strong. My mistake. (laughs)
0: Yes, sir. I was told this was the highest priority.
1: Yes. Oh. It's uh, funny that you, uh, come now as opposed to, uh, earlier in the evening. Would have been, um... The conditions of the job that I have suited for you, sir, are a little different now, but... Well, recently I was made head inspector because we were all under the assumed belief that uh, the prior head inspector, one uh, Walter Robinson, was no longer among the living. It appears that, thankfully, that is not the case. He has not joined his family in their untimely fate. He has cheated the devil, but he has not cheated my appointment. Uh, Indeed, I have now been sanctioned as the new head inspector of Scotland Yard, and as such, I've inherited all the problems that Robinson has let free, one of which will be facing a hearing tomorrow. Now, I'm not anticipating a man of your caliber's needs, but I will say that she has a bit of a popular public opinion behind her. I need a man of your stature and talents to ensure that if she ends up coming back Mm. under our custody that she stays there and unfortunately she has wormed her way into the hearts of let's just say I'll be having to spend the first few months of my new appointment cleaning house as it were sir
0: Mm. I, I can see a person of such reputation would be difficult to deal with
1: don't get me wrong I find her perfectly pleasant enough myself, but pleasantry does not subside justice. Of course. And the outcome of her hearing tomorrow will determine what the course of justice shall be. As always, we must put our trust in the courts and in the crown.
0: So, uh, you're assigning me to be a, uh, parole officer of some sort, or a...
1: a... warden. Ah. And if need be, executioner
0: would warrant execution if uh, if she's put under our protection or jurisdiction, once again, as opposed to uh, execution herself.
1: By, uh, mm. Execution only in the case that she tries to be elusive mm. with justice. Do we understand each other, Major? Perfectly. Excellent. Um, more details are right here in this file, but uh, it is uh, one... Jules Walker. Miss Walker. Oh, Lord, you're familiar with her. Yes, my... Previous
0: assignment was to... Escort her and act as her parole officer. Momentarily while uh, Mr. Patrick was indisposed.
1: Yes, well, Pierce the damn fool's got his hand and leg cut off, so he will be probably unable to serve as her parole officer, but if she is found exonerated tomorrow, she will have no need of such. But... If she is found to be wanting in the eyes of justice, she will be once more in our custody and will need a reliable individual, loyal to justice and not the wiles of a woman. Of course, sir. Excellent. Well, I'll have some quarters prepared for you at our barracks, and uh, I believe her trial's appointed for ten in the morning, so make yourself scarce, and uh, I'll see you in the morning, Major.
0: Very well, sir. the door quietly behind and kind of look confused in the hallway. And then, as I as I kind of brush my mustache, I remember the kiss that I just got on my face. And I'm going to swell up with pride and make my way out of the... and, and make my way to the barracks where I can set up a
1: Two cots together. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And we will now take a short recess while we prepare this next step. Yay. Emily, you excited?
2: Um, I don't know if that's really the
0: word I would use. Oh my gosh, guys, what a day. What a day. (laughs) And (laughs) we'll be back.
1: Jules Walker. proceedings of your tribunal have begun an impossible figure pontificates from the tribunal stand although he is wearing far nicer apparel than he did in his previous incarnation though he appears more put together there are some key differences to James K. Peabody's appearance for starters, he walks with a noticeable limp, his hands covered by the finest velvet, black gloves. The brocades he bears, adorned with medals of valor, of honor, of military service, decorate his jacket, ostentatious, yet classier than ever he had Painted himself to be. Most noticeable, perhaps, would be the eye patch lightly obscured by his still unbearably greasy mop of thin, scraggly, dark hair. Gently, as he removes his slightly oversized velvet top hat and sets it aside, he runs a hand through his hair, making the eye patch all the more visible. I understand that we have the distinct pleasure of prior head inspector Walter Robinson, seemingly back from the dead. Now, Mr Robinson. I understand that you have a few words you would like to say in defense of this poor soul standing before us now. I'm also realizing how many efforts were in that <laughs> beat. <laughs> Isn't it? <a laughs> Robinson, unaware of your ramrod frozen expression gives your hands resting upon the dais a light pat solidarity comfort Jimmy's standing immediately to your right whispers under his breath go on inspector you've got this Robinson steps forward. He goes, Honored Tribunal, I appreciate you allowing me to step forth, though I am seemingly no longer in my prior official capacity. A situation I intend to write in short order. Members of the jury esteemed colleagues and honoured guests, today I stand before you as a representative of this young woman, Jules Walker, who finds herself entwined in the sombre tapestry of this courtroom, accused, found guilty, and now redeeming of a grave crime. The weight of of these prior binds against her, the charge of murder, is a burden that we have not taken lightly. Nor has Jules. Nor has Miss Walker. In the last five years. Ladies and gentlemen, I implore you to cast aside the shadows of presumption and emotion that may cloud your judgment. Our justice system demands a fair and impartial examination of the rigorous steps she has taken towards redemption. It is my duty and my privilege to illustrate this narrative painted throughout the years of her hard work and that of her parole officer, Mr. Carl Patrick. Esteemed members of the Tribune, it is not as clear-cut as it may initially seem. In these austere times when societal norms are as rigid as the corsets that bind us, it is essential to recognize the complexities that surround us. Behind the veneer of propriety and the veneer of victorial societal expectations, human in emotions and circumstances unfold in unpredictable ways. I present humbly my findings, my records, evidence and testimonies that challenge the notion of this premeditated malice against Miss Walker. I ask you to see for yourself the nuances of her character. Her circumstances and the tumultuous events that led to that fateful night. That justified fateful night at that gasps emerge. Yes, I say it, justified. For while I do not mean to speak ill of the dead, that man, engaged in the practices that we have turned a blind eye to for far too long, was forcing himself upon a child so that others may benefit beating to her within an inch of her life for his own sick gratification it is not my intention to cast doubt on the solemnity of this court or the sincerity of those who have spoken against her in the past instead I aim to illustrate to illuminate the shades of grey that exist in our understanding of human nature. Let us not forget that justice demands more than a swift verdict. It requires a meticulous examination of the facts, a discerning eye for the intricacies of the human soul, and a commitment to ensuring that the innocent are not wrongfully condemned. In conclusion, I humbly ask that you approach this trial with an open heart and an open mind. And as we embark on a journey to uncover the true, upstanding, redemptive character of Miss Jules Walker, however you see it, justice will prevail in these hallowed halls. I stake my reputation... In my life whatever may remain of it on these assertions God save Jules Walker and God save the Queen God save the Queen God save the Queen God save the Queen (laughs) Queen the judge stands up first an inspiring speech Mr. Robinson, and of course, you have our condolences as we have heard of the circumstances surrounding your wife and children. Indeed, you are a firmer man than most to be standing before us now, speaking with the passion that you do. It speaks not only of your character, but also of Miss Walker's. For any young lady to inspire such... Outstanding advocation clearly deserves a second look. Unfortunately, you speak of records and it is our understanding the vast majority of these records have unfortunately gone up in smoke. And you see Robinson slunk a little bit. He looks over at Jimmy's who wide-eyed just kind of does a little nodding motion <laughs> Well <laughs> that is unfortunate to hear, Your honour. Um All of them? Well uh, some records of a earlier case as well as um some rather dark tidings in your later penman. Um, In the nature, sir, of uh, incomplete records, I I ask that the court disregard uh, the journal. uh, Truly, the the journal was the... It was the only document that we, the tribunal, had for our discretion. If you wish to strike it from the record, you will be throwing away the only physical evidence that has been put before us for consideration. Of course. He looks to you, Jules. I ask for a continuation, then, for these proceedings, that I may collaborate with Carl Patrick to perhaps search his own records to present the societal good that Miss Walker has done for these past five years. And uh, Sir Edward Knightley begins to stand up and speak up. It seems, Mr. Robinson, that that would be a perfectly reasonable ask at this point in time. Hmm? And you see that Lieutenant Hayes has reached behind George Thorne and is whispering something to Edward Knightley. Like what's it? Very well. Um... Uh, A reasonable request, uh, Mr. Robinson, however, one that this tribunal cannot grant at this time, as this is a case that has been meeting the delays of the past five years. Miss Walker will stand on her merits now, or she will not stand at all. So the choice is yours, Mr. Robinson. In that case, I ask that the journal be set aside, and... To stand on the testimony of myself and several others for the character. This is highly irregular, Mr. Robinson. So are these proceedings, Your Honor. (laughs) Do you mean to impugn the proceeds of this court? No. Um, No, of course not, Your Honor. Forgive me, I'm... I'm tad irate that <laughs> my intense record-keeping of the past five years are gone to waste. From the side of the room, you hear. Oh, I wouldn't say that, Robinson. No, indeed, you have kept very detailed records of numerous aspects, some of which have been entirely unhelpful. Uh, the court recognizes Head Inspector Nigel Edgarth, You may approach the bench there you see Nigel Edgars, step away from the foray of the crowd Robinson head inspector you see he's carrying a file folder yes um my predecessor good to see you alive Robinson Uh, kept many an extensive record some which indicate that perhaps his successes are not his own. What, what, what? Now see here, Eggers. No! You see here, Robinson. These bills, these reports, show nothing more than a passing of the Crown's gold, pounds, shillings, and pence. To go from our pocket directly into that of your pet, Carl Patrick and his own personal watchdog, Mistress Walker. Now, I do not know what kind of scheme they've been hoping to accomplish, but the records speak plainly for themselves. The Crown has expenditures longer than my arm over the past five years. that could have been going to better programs suited to rehabilitate those who are actually in need of it, those who have not committed crimes, those who are on the streets and desire shelter and food. And instead, we are throwing... Good money after bad. I present these findings. Judges begin to go over it. I left my reading glasses. Don't you worry, Dide Thorne. I'll give you the cliff notes.
0: (laughs) Cliff notes. I love it. There's a guy named Cliff who took very good
2: notes.
1: Jimmy's uh, leans in to you. Is it just me, or is this not going very well?
2: It's not going very well, Jimmy. Someone has taken special care to make sure that this does not go well.
1: They will ask for your take. Be honest be sincere the court of popular opinion holds more sway than our judicial system would indicate you are a forgive me beautiful young woman who has done nothing but good for the last five years pull on their heartstrings Jules you'll be safe still and he leans back Jules Jules As you look up to the bench you see Lieutenant Hayes flipping through pages pointing to unseen figures here and there speaking perhaps condescendingly perhaps encouragingly it's hard to tell from this distance to the other two members of the tribunal and he looks at you over the papers Judge? No
0: To Hayes Lieutenant Hayes.
1: Yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I don't Lieutenant Hayes.
2: Peabody. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah.
1: You see his one visible eye making contact with yours. A small smile presents itself in your mind. You hear, "Come now, darling." You didn't think this would go that well for you, now did
2: you? <laughs> can I, do I sense that I can communicate back?
1: You can certainly try.
2: I'm not gonna ask who you're working for. I mean, I'm not gonna ask why you're alive. Who are you working for?
1: Goes back to indicating figures on the pages whether it was heard or not. There was no visible reaction. Eh, yeah, well, it's uh, not exactly damning, but it is discouraging that it seems that Robinson has not really been acting in the full capacity of his office. We will probably have to do a formal inquisition into the expenditure of Scotland Yacht's funds into more Appropriate measures are going forward, but that is not why we are here today. Edgars, your contribution has been noted, but ultimately it is not determinative of this proceeding. You see that Peabody looks a little annoyed at that, but he puts aside. Edgars goes, as long as my objections have been noted, that is all I care about. I personally have no qualms with Miss Walker. She seems like a pleasant enough young lady. But in the end, she killed a man. And death is met with death. It was not in self-defense. It was sought out. Our laws speak for themselves. Yes, yes, we all know the laws. Head Inspector Edgar's. thank you for your contribution. Please dismiss yourself. Very well. We will now take a five-minute recess, says Sir Edward Knightley, to discuss the matters that have been presented to us as well as those which we must now not consider in our musings. Miss Walker, we encourage you to use the next five minutes to think as to what you will say on your own behalf. We promise, under the oaths of our office, to take everything you say into consideration. Your fate, madam, lies firmly in your own hands. Best of luck. And the three turn and start speaking quietly. Robinson stumbles back towards the dais. And he goes, I... I don't understand. I don't understand any of this.
2: Robinson... Is there any way you can let me speak with uh, Lieutenant Hayes before proceedings begin again?
1: Privately? I can certainly ask. But why? She said. Of course I will ask Jules. I'm with you to the end. You see um, Robinson step forward. Honour tribunal, may I approach the bench, please? Thorne pokes up his head and goes, Yes, of course, Mr. Robinson, come forth, come forth. And Robinson approaches and you see a hushed Exchange of words. Jules, give me a perception check.
2: Natural 20.
1: What?
0: Natural <clears throat> 20. Gorgeous.
1: Jules, um, three things merely come of note. Uh, the first would be you're able to read Robertson's mouth perfectly as he stands at a slight profile. He is requesting a, uh, small recess in the chambers um, between Lieutenant Hayes and the defendant uh, for reasons uh, that would be known to the lieutenant Um, you see Hayes Peabody lean forward and mouth back I've never seen this girl before in my life what possible reason would she have to speak with me which Robinson replies truth be told I have no idea but what would hurt things seem to have been moving ill for Miss Walker we had spent the last five years building up her case extensively and it has all of a sudden been pulled out from underneath us we owe this young woman this small allowance at least that is the first thing you notice the next thing you notice would be a very large silhouette in the back corner of the courthouse arms crossed and looking a little grim you see Major Armstrong the final thing you would see is as Robinson is leaning onto the bench to speak with Thorne more intimately. You see Hayes extend his hand and put it gently on Robinson's shoulder as he leans in and does his own talking. And you read his lips with that natural twinning. going, I will see her, but I must profess my apologies once again to find out that your wife and children perished so painfully, so suddenly. A lesser man would have broken. <laughs> and you see Robinson go ramrod straight as Peabody removes his hand. With the natural 20 finally carrying over for this last bit, as Robinson is approaching you, Stiffly. He says. Jimmy's escort Miss Walker to the judge's chambers. In irons, unfortunately.
2: I've seen what has just happened. And I'm now familiar enough with arts to know that he's just been affected. Um, I have no magic. And, uh... I have no artificial way to try to boost him out of what just happened to him, so I'm going to do the only thing I can think of that might... It would mean something to Robinson. And as best I can, with my manacles, I'm going to try to give him a hug. And just say, thank you for everything, regardless of what happens. You're one of the best men I know.
1: He goes, shock still. And much as Carl's voice is able to penetrate the fog of his own insanity, your selflessness, your true-heartedness in trying to reach this now broken man, his eyes widen, and as they widen, you see an almost magenta circle around his pupils that was not there before. Your action has won him a saving throw. Oh. I will now be using my new die. <gasps> the DC is 17.
0: Not no one. Hasn't been warmed up? We don't know it has. We don't know if it's good
1: or bad. I rolled, out of four rolls... Uh, three of them were over fifteen. Yikes. The DC that is required for this is a seventeen. Okay. It is a wisdom. Robinson has a plus one to wisdom. I dislike this. wasn't good. He tentatively pats your arms. He goes, Oy nachos. We're not done yet. And Jimmy's begins to guide you out of the courtroom. As you enter these solemn judges' chambers, Black leather seats before a mahogany desk. Standing, in front of pulled, deep, forest green curtains, not allowing the faintest hint of light to shine on the numerous legal books lining this chamber. You see, Peabody. Turn to Hayes. <laughs> Turn to Jimmy's. <laughs>
3: what
1: do you want to say? I believe I can handle a young lady in iron um, officer. Why don't you wait just outside the door? After all this could be confidential. Jimmy's looks at you. Very, very well, Lieutenant just, um, Give us a call when you're ready. talking about my employer is the grand army of her majesty queen victoria
2: you mentioned when you first stood, stood spoke that you are going to be part of the new what is it
1: home secretary home
2: secretary's office I would like to speak with the new home secretary
1: Hmm of course well I'm certain that should you be found exonerated of today's proceedings, the new home secretary would be more than happy to shake your hand himself. But until such a time, I am acting on his behalf. Procedures must be observed, Star. Miss Walker. It's a procedure that the accused is not
2: See the person in charge of security.
1: My home secretary is a very busy man.
2: Yes, but I'm sure he's here. Not in this room, mm. but in this room. If he's gone to such trouble to see that I'm not exonerated, I'm sure he's here to see that.
1: My, my, my. Don't we have a high opinion of ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm enjoying this, Jules. I'm enjoying this quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have seen your face. Oh, I almost creamed in my pants right then and there. Utterly delirious. I wonder how long you're gonna kick before your neck finally snaps.
2: He didn't answer my question. Or deny my statement, I should say. He's here and I'd like to speak with him. If you have my word I won't tell anyone who he is. After all, I probably don't have long to live, right?
0: What
1: I'm gonna do. Give me a persuasion check.
0: With disadvantage, advantage.
1: (laughs) With disadvantage, advantage. Yes, straight roll. Mm,
2: 14. 14.
1: That's not bad. He only has a plus one. Wait. 13, sorry. Okay. Um, He only has a plus one. I have a thinking suspicion, you'll see him before the end, but we can't ask the tribunal to, uh, extend this recess, so unless you have anything you want to say to me...
2: I think you can. You
1: probably could, if... Beg for your life, Jules Walker, my little darling. Beg. And maybe I'll let you speak to him. Peabody slumps into the judge's chair. His eyes wide, his mouth spreading to a Cheshire-esque grin. His teeth are noticeably whiter than they used to be. <laughs> That's a good start.
2: Please.
1: Please what?
2: Speak to
3: the UN Secretary. I'm
1: begging you. Give me persuasion with advantage. Twenty two. It was very close. (laughs) It was uncomfortably close. (laughs) Um, He just closes his eyes and ah, shudders for a brief moment. Of course he does. Yeah. And he goes, Well, that was good enough, wasn't it? Yes, Peabody. Of
0: course.
1: I would say that that was quite sufficient. Of course. His mouth is moving. No history check needed. You know this voice. It's the voice that's been haunting your dreams for the last five years. Oh. Has it truly been five years already?
2: So, clarification. This is still Peabody's body, Yep. but...
1: Sir Arnold Smithfield. I did hear your plaintive tones, my dear Starling, so please enlighten me. What do you wish to talk about? Perhaps reminisce over old times? Perhaps you want a matching ornamentation as that on your back.
2: This isn't your body. How are you doing this?
1: (laughs) Oh, Jules, 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 Jules. Our time apart has taught me so many things. You and those other poor girls were merely the... the overture to my grand symphony. Your life essence. Your withered womb. They have opened up so many ways for me. (laughs) Truly, I actually should be thanking you. (laughs) And now, I'm truly ready to begin. But, I can't have any loose ends fuddling it all up. After all, a A viola that is a tad sharp has no place in my orchestra. No, 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 those strings must be cut. Those flutes must be bent. drum punctured, cymbals melted. In short, my dear, you're out of tune.
2: (laughs) You didn't answer my question. Are you using Peabody's body now?
1: Those... Who I have more deep connection with. Well. A gentleman owns more than one pair of gloves, if such a metaphor does not go over your head. I'm sure that a foon you've been tra- traipsing around with, Carl Patrick, has been able to teach you at least a little bit more of societal niceties. More than this schlub ever could.
2: What? What is Isabel's purpose in in all of
1: this? I see. That little bird has been talking. Interesting. I wasn't sure, sure if my Talent had quite taken hold of that little, tiny swallow quite yet. But, clearly she has more gumption than the last three, so... I'm sure the latest Lady Smithfield will be much more receptive to my gifts. Strength of spirit often does equate to strength of... Well, best not to let that particular cat out of the bag should you find a way to slip the noose yet again.
2: Why Isabel?
1: Indeed, why Isabel? Well, I suppose part of it could be nostalgia. After all, she's only a little bit older than you were when we first met. And she did come from the same cloth, as it were. Yes, imagine a girl of that age with all of the carnal knowledge she developed. All at my disposal. (laughs) After all, if one is to create a new glove, it should at least be pleasurable, no? No.
2: No.
1: No. Oh, I see. You mistake me. I mean pleasurable for me. (laughs) Not Isabel. Oh. Oh, you've convinced me. Not Isabel it is.
2: (laughs) If this is really what you're going to be, you could have any woman in the city. Take any woman in the city, don't take
1: her. Oh. But this little swallow means a great deal to you, doesn't she? Good thing you won't be around to see what I do to her.
2: I'm still on my knees. I haven't taken the time to get up. Mhm. I I am begging you. Do not do this. Do not take her. I will do I will do anything. I will do anything.
1: Give me a persuasion check. See Peabody stand up slowly No need of the cane See walks gracefully around the counter desk leans down and for a moment that action that physical action so closely mirroring the conditions of your first meeting with Smithfield that grin Satanic, damnable grin. Spreads across Peabody's face just when you think you couldn't hate the man anymore. This is somehow worse. And the predatory gleam shines maliciously. My stuff. You are used. You are broken goods. There is quite literally nothing you could offer me. Except the noose. And that, my dear, is in the bag. So make your peace with whatever gods you believe in. And enjoy your final night. Because come the morning, I will see your body buried where none can touch it. Unless Peabody gets lonely. <laughs> good one good one sir good one sir you needn't worry though Jules I prefer Pulse I hate it when he does that he goes over to the desk grabs his cane all right distinguished member of Her Majesty Fervith
3: and... and Jules
2: is gonna get up. Well that's it then.
1: opens. Jimmy takes you. By the manacles. He's going to do a quick insight check. How emotive are you being right now? I am stone cold. But my face is very hot. Oh. Uh, that's a dirty 20 on insight. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you when you say you're stone cold would you call it this restraint of emotion or would you call this actually emotion? Basically, I'm asking do you need to make a deception check or not.
2: Oh, I can just tell you what Jimmy can read. Why don't we do that? Um, the meeting did not go as I had hoped. No. Nope. Jimmy's can tell that.
1: Yep. He pats your hands and immediately rescinds them. Uh, and he goes, Robinson's been speaking to the other two. He shirks a little bit at that. But he guides you back. You stand once more at the dais. Peabody in his place in the tribunal. Robinson quiet. Calcitrant. To your left. At this point in time, after that unexpected recess we resume trial matters before the tribunal makes any of its final decisions Miss Walker do you have any words to say on your behalf
2: um I'll nod now I need some clarification before I go into the speech you bet speaking to my original crime or am I speaking to my what I did during my
1: parole? Uh, regarding that, Miss Walker, it is entirely up to you. Okay. It could be both. Um, and not to be the absolute worst human being ever. But before you do so, The spell doesn't require a save, but that's bogus, so I'm not gonna... As you step up to the dais, you see Peabody kind of raise his cane a little bit. Tap it on the ground. It is naked, invisible to all those around you. But you being in such close proximity, see it. And more importantly, you feel it. This wisp of air is making its way up from where the dice, where you stand. And I need you to give me a. We're going to call this a charisma saving throw. We're going to call this a DC-16 Christmas Saving Throw. Mm. You don't have the ring of protection anymore. I do not. You go to open your mouth. You speak. It's come.
2: A call from Kingial.
1: In this moment, you are frozen in this deluge of air. Deluge of air. You are sucked back to the glacier. You see for the first time. He is not reading. He is not up and about. Instead, he is reclined easy boy. Not actually, but it is a very ornate leather chair, and the mass of yellow robes are just. <sighs> uh, honestly, oh, that's Peabody.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, child of darkness, you go days, weeks without calling upon us. And then, in the course of twelve hours, you seek audience twice. We are very fatigued from our tussle with our brother. Be brief.
2: Uh, a spell has been cast upon me, rendering my ability to speak null and void.
1: Uh, oh, if only it carried here.
2: Ah. Uh, my opportunity to speak now. My life depends on it. If I fail and cannot speak, uh, I will not be
1: able to accomplish what you asked of me. Oh, you seek to add terms to the bargain already struck?
2: Not necessarily. Just merely to point out that uh, without your help now, I will not be able to fulfill the bargain anymore.
1: This is your wheelhouse, Jules. I'm throwing I am throwing you the rolls that are in your specialty.
2: I mean, not particularly. Oh, that's much better. Uh, that's 26.
1: I uh, maybe natural <gasps> twenty. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um and uh, he just kinda goes. Ugh.
2: I would guess from your our past discussions that good help is hard to find.
1: You would be getting to the crux of our matters quickly, yes. Very well. We will grant you temporary immunity from this intrusion upon your God given right to speak. In return, we ask for a more concrete timeline on your end of the bargain. One year. You will present our book, our talisman, and perform our ritual at our shrine within the course of one year. One human year Ask the shades that clings to you. Their life is measured in time different. What? Are you saying you didn't know? (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. This guardian spirit that has been nestled with you For at least a few years, you were unaware of its existence. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Mortals truly are blind! (laughs) Well, our apologies if this was a secret. With such an obvious form, we thought... She would see you, but perhaps...
2: Obvious form. Are they here now?
1: They are echoes with you. A more direct blessing had been given three days ago, from the looks of it. But, well, they will reveal themselves to you in due time if you survive this. One year, mortal child of darkness. One... Yeah. Poof. You see Peabody's eye widen as the spell dissipates. <coughs> I need a glass of water now, How uh, can
2: I get different music?
1: Rooftop
0: chase.
2: No, I don't want the rooftop chase music.
1: Let's see if I can. Somber or triumphant?
2: Oh, definitely somber. (laughs) This is fine. So I'm speaking to the tribunal. Is that like the uh, the jury kind of thing?
1: Yeah, they are judge and jury. It's like a bench trial.
2: Tribunal? My name is Jules Walker. You know my history, I won't spend much time on it. The woman you saw before, five years ago, was a rat. I grew up on the streets. I was bred on the streets. And I was violated by the streets. I did not know right from wrong. I did not truly know good from bad. All I knew was protecting those I cared about. But I am not a rat. He's a brilliant man. I'm sorry he's not able to be here today for multiple reasons. But he taught me morality. And he taught me law. And he taught me Shakespeare. How does it go? The quality of mercy is not strained. In the past five years, i finally started to learn what life is, and could be. And you know what? It's not pain, because that's all life was before. All I understood was taking pain and giving pain. And this court saw it fit for me to be given a chance to turn into something else, to turn into somebody else, and to become a decent person in society. killed Robinson's family. Inspector Robinson, I'm sorry. They burnt down his house. They burnt his records. So there are very few written documents that can prove to my merits in what I've done in these past five years. But I can't say to the witness and testimony to many people here that just last night I saved a man's life. to do much good these past five years it's been amazing it's been hard it's been very hard I should like to be given the chance to continue to do good I should like to be given the chance to sit in a coffee shop across from a nice nice young man a young man whose first action isn't to take my dress off. I should like to be given the chance to see the countryside because most of my life was in the smoke in the gutter. I'm sorry, I'm not eloquent. I am not trained to speak like this. I never have been. But well, I want you to ask yourselves what the purpose of my parole was. And the purpose of that parole wasn't to wash away what I'd done, but to prove that I was capable of being something else, and of doing good deeds, and that this justice system, and indeed humanity in general, is capable of change for good. And she's going to turn and look at all the spectators, and she's going to say, I would like to be able to walk out of here a free woman, And to be an example to anyone else in the gutter, to anyone else living in pain, that change is possible, that true freedom and happiness can be obtained. Thank you for your consideration. Thank you for your time. she's going to nod
1: and head back to her seat. Very well said, Miss Walker. Candor of that level, of that merit to touch upon the human condition deserves nothing less than our complete and total deliberation and a search for the honesty within all of our hearts. Please allow us a moment to consider your words, to weigh them, and then we will return with the verdict. We see Judge Edward Thorne, Stradward Knightley, and Peabody. Turn towards one another. Armstrong, what is going through your head at this trial? Uh, not Miss Walker, but the um, random page boy would approach Major Armstrong to present that telegram.
0: AA, upon conclusion of current assignment, report to 38 Birdcage Walk. Stop. Assuming the Secretary desires entry, uh, to order. Stop.
1: In this case, assuming Home Secretary means the future. Yeah. So. Upon the conclusion of this assignment.
0: Secretary's going to be in, in the order. sucks.
1: Jules, give me one final perception throw. A man with his new means has no need for subtlety. So few have the eyes to pierce the veil. So few are even aware the ether, the energy, the forces beyond what we can perceive. An innocuous gesture such as a hand on a shoulder. Simple. Innocent. And for three men, huddled together. One putting a bracing arm upon his fellow members of the tribunal. the casual observer. He'd be simply a fatigued man from his military service.
2: Jimmy will hear me swear quite intensely under my breath. What?
1: Judge Edward Thorne stiffly turns to you. Today... With a heavy heart and a solemn sense of duty we find ourselves at the crossroads of justice faced with the grim task of determining the fate of Jules Walker (coughs) She stands before you a woman of our at times unfair society condemned to the harshest of penalties the sentence of death gravity of this sentence is not lost upon us, nor is the weight of the actions that brought us to this point. We, as the custodians of justice, must grapple with the complex tapestry of circumstances that led to this ill juncture. Jules Walker, like any human being, is not defined solely by the worst moment of her life, but by the myriad of experiences and choices that have shaped her journey. Miss Walker, we hold your words to your redemptive journey to be from the heart. We hold the goods that you have committed in these five years to weigh I'm just look up heavily in your favor. But unfortunately, dear woman, they do not outweigh the ill perpetuated upon our society. We are sorry, but we condemn you to hang from the neck until dead tomorrow at dawn. May God have mercy on your soul, Jules Walker. Peabody, Stands, gets his hat, looks at you, tips his hat, and smirks as he exits the chambers, followed by Sir Edward Knightley, followed at last by Edward Thorne. Robinson stands beside you, shocked stiff the courthouse itself silent a mumble of jeers a collection of gasps but mostly to the horror of this society indifference that was
2: it?
1: I'm sorry, Jules, I... A little bit of blood drips of his nose. I'm sorry, I... I missed what you just said. Could you...
2: I forgot. He's already got you. What? Nothing.
1: Repeat what you just said, Jules. I can't.
2: Sorry.
1: Uh... Jimmy's... Look after her. This... This can't be over. This... This can... I'll go talk to Carl. Don't give up hope, Jules. Don't you dare give up hope. Let's see Throws on his jacket and storms out. Officer Pallets. Yes, Head inspector Eckers. Escort the prisoner back to the yard. Throw in the holding cells. Major Armstrong. Appears you will be needed after all, sir. Unfortunately, it appears so.
0: Jimmy's,
2: We're able to get that letter in the post.
1: I haven't left your side yet. Walk up. I can drop it. Jules. Jules.
2: I need to make a amendment to it. Before you send it.
1: The paddy wagon. Armstrong, you do not take that particular cart. But you arrive at the yard. Jules, you're allowed to make the adjustments. And as the moment your lead leaves the paper, Jimmy's whips it up and uh, immediately upon arrival at the yard uh, gets upon his own horse and gallops to its intended destination. Major Armstrong, you are not expected to stand directly in front of herself. You are merely a deterrent you are to take your position inside Scotland Yard. Should any attempt of Miss Jules' extrication or escape, you are encouraged and expected to employ deadly force. Now, my dear inspectors, There is perhaps one final leg of this journey to accomplish this evening. But at the same time, this has been an emotionally draining few moments, so I will put it to you. Do we cut off here? No, we keep going.
0: still riding that high from the date. I'm ready, baby.
1: Robinson arrives in the early afternoon at Victoria's Hospital. Carl is unfortunately quite under still from the morphine necessary for his amputated arm and ankle. He will not be a resource for the remainder of the day. Especially in light of the fact that his supernatural healing, the source, is not nearly as strong as it once was. Mickey Johansson still rests at Primrose Hill, fighting off the effects of the poisonous applications. Sam Pearson Spiker Butterfingers await 17 Shaftesbury confused but not too worried their guardians have gone off on forays before and they've always returned Jules you are left alone The vast majority of the remainder of the day. Sun dips. Night comes. You eye the window in this holding cell. No amount of contortionism would let you slip through those bars. The manacles still tight around your arm. The doors themselves also too close together. You idly think of the ring that allowed Carl to (laughs) from place to place. Such a thing would be nice now. You idly think of your ring. Would it have made a difference? Probably not. Smithfield and Peabody, they are ruthless and meticulous. They had probably been planning this months. But then why did Peabody seem so feared? Why did... Why were you in a position to kill him if he was just to be used again like some sort of puppet? It's... And Isabel. Oh, Isabel.
2: Oh. I'm shown.
1: He's not in front of yourself. No. He's in Scotland Yard.
2: Someone! I need a pen. Something to write on, please.
1: Alan Matthews. Freaking Good Matthews folly. makes his way down the hall. <sighs> I've liked Jules I'm sorry to hear about it I really am I know we don't necessarily get along and you know for the record I always did like you and Pat even if you were a pain in the arse thank you Matthews
2: what
1: do you need a pain for? Unfortunately, Miss Walker, we've been informed of your magic hands.
2: I can dictate it to someone. I can spell. Okay, well, shoot. Now I'm going to have to think about this. Carefully. Um, Isabel? Isabel. jewels
1: it's jewels he spells it like a jewel not that you would see that
2: <laughs> um, I'm sorry that I won't be at your wedding I would
1: run to it if I could Sounded like a weird emphasis you want me to underline the word run
2: Sure, go ahead, Matthew. that would be lovely. You have been a good friend to me.
1: Really? I mean, I feel like we our relationship <laughs> never really bloomed <laughs> right, very. Write that down, oh, oh, sorry.
2: You have been, been a good friend to me. We have been through so many dangers together.
1: Oh. Is that another emphasis? Yes.
2: (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad your guardian is doing well.
1: Really running out of room here.
2: (laughs) You can use the back.
1: Ah, you're (coughs) It's bleeding through. That'll be good.
2: I hope the two of you get a chance to travel soon
1: underline the travel.
2: No, I think I think we don't need to underline
1: that. Yeah, fine. You know, not everyone picks up on the subtleties like I do, so uh,
2: Right. Uh, London is not all that's cracked up to be. Yeah. Especially with some of the big changes coming.
1: Right? By yeah. hell.
2: I, I given my you uncle know, the like... boot. I know it's terrible. Thank Trust you. Me, no one could feel worse about it than I.
1: <laughs> I feel like I weirdly believe you on that, which is weird because <laughs> it's my family. But all right.
2: Um, and then you can go ahead and. I mean, can I just sign it? Okay, here's the pen. Actually, when I do that, I just, like, pull out of the handcuff. And I'm like, here's the pen. And I just, like, <laughs> put the handcuff back on. Did. Uh. Um, Matthews. Yeah? When the new home secretary is appointed. Yeah? Give him hell.
1: He smiles at that. He was... like I said, I always liked you. Sorry. Oh, who's Isabel?
2: Right, and I'll give him
1: the
2: particulars. So that's all I can do for a, get the heck out of Dodge, for a (laughs) (laughs)
3: letter.
1: Armstrong. Oh, good (laughs) golly.
3: That was intense. I'm ready.
1: It's about close to 10 at night. Jules is sentenced to be executed. About nine hours. Right there in the yard. The gallows already waiting. Most of the staffing and the hustle and the bustle of Robinson's miraculous return have cooled down and people have returned to their regular patrols. It's a ghost crew at the moment of yourself, Nigel Edgar's in his office, a few random constables, the ever-present Winthropes at the front desk. And as you stand in front of the hallway leading to the holding cells, your station for the night you see Jimmy Pallets approaching with the train um Major Armstrong was it? yes I um I have uh, Jules Walker's last meal here sir does make more sense, but um, you know, I think they think that dinner has a larger variety. I mean, do, do anyone really want like a brace of eggs for their last meal? I some people would choose that protein. Don't think people really care about protein when they're about to die, sir. Insights to the DC. Yeah. You're just being a think. He goes past you with the covered tray and into the hallway. Jules, in your meditation, solemn introspection, you hear the door. Hi, Jules. Hi, James. It's a bit late
2: for dinner, isn't
1: it? I think you're gonna want this. Right. As he takes off the silver tray, you just see a mound of mashed potatoes. <laughs> An absolute just globe <laughs> of mashed potatoes just filling the all the way up to the dome of the He pulls out your gun. He pulls out your bandolier of many knives covered in mashed potatoes and he pulls out the keys.
0: What? Jeez. I'm
1: not that big of a fool, Jules. I know that you've never thought of me the way I think of you, but if you think I'm letting you die before I've had a chance to take you out for coffee, you've got nothing coming. but, trust me, I thought this one through. <laughs> Give me a perception check. That did sound
0: a little bit like me, buddy. <laughs> perception. I'm on guard, so, nine. Really paying attention there. Okay. Side of hands, a plus two. Meets beats right. (sighs) Just just straight roll right. Mm -hmm. Eight. (laughs) You rolling eight as well? Holy crap! Oh
2: my gosh! (laughs) Who do I want to win here? You. I want you to win. You want me to win? I'm gonna kill
0: both of you if you don't.
1: Doesn't add anything Armstrong. You hear the creaking iron of a telltale cell door. You see Jimmy's freeze door halfway open. The platter of your effects on the ground directly in front of you. Okay, well, I come in. (laughs) Forty feet down the hall. You see Jimmy's
2: Jimmy's. Uh, th- that's all right. Um, I, I don't think it's hurt that bad. You should you should close the door back up. You don't want to get in trouble. I, it's honestly, I just tripped. It's not sprained or anything. And if even if it is, right, I'm, I'm dying in well eight hours. So you just leave it. It's it's fine. You, you can't check on me. You really can't.
1: I love you, Jules. Shoot, <laughs> man. That is a nineteen plus three. Holy crap, well I hit. We're gonna be right back in just a moment.
0: Oh shoot. Go- I don't even know no. how to I don't even know how to play this right now.
1: And here we stand. Jimmy Pallitz's service weapon. Leveled upon Major Armstrong, the smoking barrel. As he releases the first volley of shots. Oh, in- Jimmy's! Jules, you start.
2: Okay. Well, I'm going to gather up my effects.
1: Yep. Interact the object.
2: Um, um okay. I'm going to burst out and I guess run down the hall.
1: Cool. For how long?
2: Until I get to Armstrong. I think it okay. has that speed. Don't I? Maybe I don't. I have 30. Okay.
1: So, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 gets you there.
2: Okay. Um, well I have no Bonus ins- action
1: and you have actions.
2: I have no intention of hitting Armstrong if I don't have to, so I'm gonna take two more steps forward uh, dashing for my bonus action.
0: Okay. okay disengage.
2: Who would I be disengaging? Me. So or take the
1: dodge you. action. Yeah. It wouldn't be disengaging, it would be you're run past yeah, but I And rogues don't have the dodge action as a bonus action They only have dash, disengage, hide So you can take the dodge action And then dash as a bonus And then dash as a bonus
2: I'm gonna two. talk to Armstrong for my action Sounds good Um,
0: I've just been shot
2: Major, I'm sorry You shouldn't have done that You shouldn't be doing this but you know what happened there was wrong someone is stacking the deck the deck against me please let me pass if you believe in justice that is not what's being done here by the way am i still wearing my tattered grecian dress
1: Gumption, we've known for a couple days now. On the other hand, years of duty.
2: you won't <laughs> That's that Armstrong's. Style. style, thank you yes style uh, Did I have a long rest since I've been doing virtually nothing for most of the day?
1: You got a long rest in the hospital.
2: Right, I know, but okay.
1: Great. I don't think you took any damage or expanded any ability. I took it- emotional damage! <laughs> emotional damage!
0: So Armstrong's having a hard time right now. Yes, he is. Because on the one hand, that trial made no sense. Assignment for Head Inspector Edgar's, who says I'm supposed to be guarding you. And like in, in all of this like anime moment, I'm like, oh, what do like it do? gets like, and, and it's like
1: zoomy black zoomy where all like, your like, eyes are visible. And they were like, you know,
0: the, the side black,
1: profile, the, the 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 telegram, and they're like. Oh, the sweat! The sweat! The fish! The fishbowl effect. Think, yeah. No. Yeah. Um... Yeah.
0: Gosh... I just want to go on another date. Sucks. Um... Well, cool, I'm gonna say... What, what... I forgot what you said. Yes, I, I, I know these. I, I know the proceedings.
2: I also forgot what I said.
0: You said, please let me go, basically. Um. The court was
2: not right. It wasn't justice.
0: Um. Alright. Here we go. Uh, Miss Walker, I cannot uh, permit you to leave. I also cannot permit that young man to have shot me. <laughs> While I'm distracted with him, who knows what could happen.
2: I'll continue my uh, dash this <coughs> action and yep, so see, was, see if he'll let me get So ca- that's get another 20
1: it. feet that you can have. Um, so, uh, 20, so, uh, so another 20, so, 5, 10, 15, 20 gets you there. You are on the other side of him, looking at him as he...
2: I'll nod. <laughs> What a good guy! I'm
0: a good guy. I'm a good guy. If I
2: ever see Anne again, I'll, I'll tell her you're a good guy. Of course, my recommendation may or may not be in your favor with Anne.
1: <laughs> There's that, yeah.
2: I don't know. We're in a, we're in a, we're in a weird place right now.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like with you and uh, your dagger guy, Fangle. Um,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: To the uh, um, gentle listener... There was a previous
3: campaign.
0: <laughs> Emily's character yeah, had a curse. Okay, okay, we're not going there I down there. We're not doing we're that. Not doing that. She fell
1: in love with it. We're not doing that. not.
3: <laughs> you weirdo.
1: Um, Jimmy's is going to not hear the interaction as his heart is literally going
3: dum, 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 dum,
2: oh, in I've, his ears. Can I retractively say to Armstrong, don't kill him.
0: Armstrong's going to full, uh... Oh, what's, what's his name? What's, 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 what's Superman's name? Clark Kent? Clark Kent? No, no, no. The actor. Recent.
3: Oh, oh, oh.
0: Henry Cavill? <laughs> Henry, Henry, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, gosh! Co- cock his muscles and say, No Jimmy's. promises. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he just shot me! Yep. <laughs> I was watching to see what's uh, going on, and he and shot he me. And
1: he's going to... Uh, <coughs> now it is his turn, and There's he's not going a to... Call on him part. Yep. So he's gonna gonna shoot you twice more. Come at me, bro. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be another eighteen oh plus gosh, Jimmy. seven. He's probably yeah. never shot this ball in his life. Nope. He is uh, inspired by the power of love. Is what's at going the on. Power right. of love. So it's gonna hit one hit, the and power of love. uh, that's gonna be a nineteen.
0: Whatever class is low. Yeah.
1: Okay. So that's gonna be two more hits. So that's gonna be there. Tank it, boy.
2: Eight. Oh, look at all those temporary you have.
1: That's my, that's, oh, my that's Oh, I got you. It's going to be another 17 points of piercing damage as he's just walking down the hallway, zeroed in. <laughs> it's not gonna go well for this kid. He's going to go 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. And he as he is uh, walking towards you doing that, you see him with his other hand pull out his own little billy club. Oh gosh. Um, and uh, it is now your turn I'm going to say
0: first of all I'll just not shoot a superior officer I'm going to rage
1: <laughs> oh, my. oh
0: my gosh! I would like to, to rage. rage and so I get two attacks oh dear That's a 14.
1: 14 misses.
0: Okay. Well, then 23 will hit. Yeah, 23 hits. So then we do... uh,
1: 10 points of
0: damage. Uh,
1: Yep, he feels that. Punch right there. Uh, Mm -hmm. You immediately feel his nose under the force of the blow. Um, I'm going to scoot you forward one. Oh, I did my bonus action we're sort good of with that. Yep.
0: Uh, then I'm going to... I'm going to do this now.
1: The order, Jules.
2: Okay, Um, I know the layout fairly well. Um, I wanna stealth my way to the easiest way out or the closest way out,
3: Um,
2: be it a window or
1: what? We're gonna call this a series of desks right here. Mm -hmm. Um, The easiest way out is basically through the foyer, which would be one more set of square. We'll say that like this is the exit. This is the entrance area. This is so the, the bullpen. But
2: my best option is the front entrance. It's
1: not really designed for back entrances and exits.
2: Okay. All right. Okay. All right. I'm a sneak.
1: Okay. Give me a stealth check. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's a lot. Um. Twenty-six. Okay. Okay. 24 makes it so that you are still good so the cell thing is half so where are you are you going behind the desks
2: uh, what's the concrete with the block
1: this this is yeah. a um, office okay
2: um, okay and then that's just all open area yeah and that's a sentry yes okay
1: it's an officer you do not recognize
2: okay so yeah, I'm gonna go into the desks and then hopefully wait for this guy to hear the disturbance and get distracted and then I'll so that's, book it.
1: Um, 10, 20, 30. And then I assume you're dashing for yep. your action? Okay. So By the way, I rolled. 10, 20. Love it. And I'm in a... Secret agent man.
2: In a sort of crouching position. Great. Um...
1: I'm gonna hold
2: my action, which will be to dash. Oh, can you hold that as an action, or can you only hold?
1: I think you can only hold like attacks or spells. Okay. I could be wrong. I just. No, I I... think you're
2: right. That rings a bell. As I said it. Yep. That's fine. I'll just wait.
1: Okay. Cool. Besides, you just use your action anyway, so. Oh, to. Dash, because when you're stealthing, it's half movement. I thought that I was
2: using my bonus action because I can do that as a rogue.
1: You can hide as a bonus action. I could be wrong. Yep. Yeah. I right, we'll come back to that. Yeah, that's in right. the meantime. Uh, the
0: stuff that says stealth in combat does not require reduced
1: speed. Oh. Okay. Well, if it says it doesn't require reduced speed, then it doesn't require reduced speed. I'll take. I mean,
2: that's where I'm going anyway. I'll take.
1: Ru- I'll take rules as written. I, just, I mean, if that's what. Okay. Do, so, what important. action would you like to hold? So if you have oh. an action, what would you like to hold?
2: Oh, well, if I can dash for my action and hold that, I would like to, if this guy is going to go that way, then I'm going to run behind his back.
1: Okay. I'll allow it. Okay. Um, I'm okay if not. But. Yep. Okay, it is now Jimmy's turn. And he is right in front of you, so now he's going to take uh, three attacks with the Billy Club. Uh. Wow, I'm rolling really hot. Um, that's a twenty-four, a twenty-three, oh, I have cutting action. That's and a I nineteen. It. Yeah. For, that allows uh,
2: me to dash as a bonus action.
1: But you're you were hiding as a bonus action.
2: No, I was just going stealthily. I wasn't doing it that way, but I'm fine. Oh, okay.
1: well, that's why I had you roll a stealth check.
2: Which is fine. Anyway, okay, gotcha. I'm okay regardless.
1: Cool. Okay. I just wanted to look. So back. yeah, so all three hit then. Oh. Let's get our d sixes instead of that. So it's going to be. I get to use my fancy new dice. I'm so happy. That's going to be seven plus four. So seven plus four is eleven. Plus seven is uh, eighteen. Plus four is twenty-two points of bludgeoning damage, halved as eleven points of bludgeoning damage. As Billy's, as as Jimmy is just wailing on you with his Billy Club, um, going. You brute! You can't take her! Oh,
2: such a sweetie.
1: Um, and it is now your turn, Armstrong. Um, cool.
0: Another miss, but another hit. So we're gonna go for, um... 13 points of damage.
1: Okay, yeah, uh, uh, this one clocks him full in the eye and it immediately swells up, uh, starts to swell close. Aww, um, he staggers back. <sighs> she goes free.
0: Second of all, you assume that I am against you. Action surge. Okay. Two more punches. Uh, eighteen.
1: Eighteen hits. Okay. So that's be... um, okay. We did
0: this. Another thirteen, and then another. Uh, un- so thirteen.
1: Twenty-five total. 20. Damage? Yeah. Uh, As you reel back with just utterly massive blows, uh, both of them full on off the side of his head, he staggers back, leans against one of the cell wall doors. He's holding his billy club aloft, and you just see, still standing, his eyes just out of focus. He is literally unconscious at his feet. He was so determined, and his body refuses to fall. Oh,
2: genies.
1: You still have movement. I'm doing movement. a action. Jules, I lied. I forgot about two things. Window here. Window here. So is he... Um, He's unconscious. unconscious. Is he... Is he
0: okay, out. Exactly. Right. Um, uh, I'm going to come over here. 5, 10, 15,
1: 20... If I have 30... Give me a perception check. Eight. You don't see where Miss Walker went. Uh,
0: I'm gonna say to, who's who's that? Uh, a random patroller. yeah, okay. I'm gonna say, uh, sound the alarm. Miss Walker has escaped, uh, and Jimmy's aided her in her escape. I
1: was wounded. Huh. Alarm! Alarm! No, that's not what he actually does. Um, It is now the officer's turn, and he's gonna go 5, 10, 15, Pew! opens the door, 20, 25. Out that window! Office.
2: Out that window! 5, 10,
1: 15, 20, 25, 30. Gets hey, you right there. Had had the had right there. The um, What's the my turn? Yep. It is now... <laughs> Nigel Edgar's turn, and his is hearing that as he's coming and going. She's escaped. Nigel Edgar's is going to go five, interact with the object. Ten, twenty, twenty-five. Sees you. Don't think about it, Miss Walker. He's holding his action. Top of the order. Jules. Oh, I'm
2: definitely thinking about
1: it. Um, I mean, that's exactly what's happening. So, taking the dodge, act, dodge action. Okay. Um, and then... Get, get. <laughs> okay. So... And you just pushing open lines. the window and yep. jumping
2: out the window.
3: <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, hand goes up the window as you are just... Watching where that barrel is trained, um, so disadvantage.
2: Um, yeah, and I'm and I'm gonna say as I go. Uh,
1: it will probably be drowned out by the blast of a shotgun, but by all means. I'm fine, then. <laughs> okay. Uh, De- your deck saving throw is advantage. Though. I literally rolled two 19s. Oh um, dang. So that is going to be plus four. So that's going to be a 23 to hit. Barf! That is going to be... This is a modifier. What floor are we on? First. So it's going to be... He did. It's
3: true.
1: Okay, um, Jules, I need you to make a Constitution saving throw.
2: Shoot. Uh, sixteen.
1: Okay, meets beats, so you do not get knocked prone.
2: Yay, that's good news.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, you felt. Without rolling a medicine check, you felt easily half your vitality vanish in that as you are just peppered with uh, metallic slugs that scatter uh, across. Uh, you feel it uh, tearing into the sides of your flesh. You manage to cover... I'd much
2: rather die like this. Exactly. You throw your
1: arms uh, over your core as you whip open the window, just doing your best to cover everything vital, and you succeed in doing so. Um, you're out the window.
2: Okay. Um, how tall is this building?
1: Uh, it's yard. Uh, three stories. So, 35 feet.
2: Okay, well, if I try to hoof it on foot, anyone's going to be able to overtake me, so I'm going to scale the building and I'm going to try to go rooftops.
1: Okay, great. Um, with, uh, yeah, with, okay, so you took the dodge action... Interact with objects. So you still have your movement and your bonus action. Movement is only five, so that's more than enough to get to the roof and to start scurrying away.
2: Great. Um, what I hollered, uh, whether or not he heard it or not, yeah. was, "Who corruption in the upper ranks, head inspector.
1: I uh, will. why don't you go ahead and roll a performance for me.
2: Okay. Sixteen.
1: Okay. Um, Ar- uh, Arnold, <laughs> Armstrong Arnold, Arms Armstrong, as uh. As you saw, Miss Walker, go for the window, you saw her mouth begin to move, but it was mostly drowned out by. <laughs> um, as you see. Oh,
2: I mean, I I picture I probably would have said it after I'd been shot. Oh. You know, it would be much more dramatic. It's like do it, it. Yeah. <laughs> does that make sense? <laughs> it does. Well, you can just have me not say, Yeah. it's fine. You yeah. I knew I was going to get shot, so yeah.
1: I figured it was going to go. Okay. Um, Jules, why don't you give me uh, a quick athletics check? Okay.
2: Athletics, not acrobatics?
1: Athletics. No, that's a six. Six? Okay. And finally give me a stealth check? Uh, 17. 17? Okay. It's going to take you the better part of three hours mm-hmm. to move slowly among the rooftops clutching your wounds. But you are going to be able to avoid detection.
2: Great. I am going to pilfer um, I was going to chase him. Any necessary clothing items like things that I'm would... sure
1: you find something on a clothesline. Right, exactly. Yep. Um
2: we'll look for things that don't seem too cherished or loved. Yep. But I need to cover myself.
1: Yep. What is your goal in mind?
2: Um I need somewhere I can lay low where I'm not easily to be found, so I'm thinking of heading to old Jack's.
1: Okay. Uh, that's actually fairly close to Westminster so that's, that's a convenient ploy Armstrong the next few hours are trying in their own way your conscience speaks to you that you've done good but your duty and your personal honor roar in contempt. It is a horrible dichotomy that you are not enjoying nearly as much as the night prior. As you are in the infirmary and the morning dawn begins to glow, You hear protests and bouts of anger in the hall. With your tenderly wrapped shoulder shirtless, you approach the door and peer through. And you see three men walking jimmies to the courtyard and many of the fellow police officers are jeering at him screaming at him traitor giving us all the up give him the rope give him the rope give him the rope you see, Jimmy's is stone faced, eyes swollen, nose broken, divested of his uniform, hands bound behind his back as he's guided up the gallows steps.
2: Uh, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I can't do anything for you, Jimmy's.
0: <laughs> I'm not liking this.
1: You see uh, Nigel, Head Inspector Nigel Edgars, leaning against one of the window frames looking out the courtyard. You were uh, under for a little bit there, Major, so you missed the missive, as it were. The threat of Miss Walker has called for the Home Secretary to call for martial law. Hmm. That means that Officer Pallets is a traitor... Consequently, traitors. Well, we all know where they end up. Yes. You see, as they put the noose around Jimmy's neck, tightening it. Does the Condemned have any final words? I would have done it again. In a heartbeat. As would any good man. We all know what she was doing. We all know what Mr. Patrick was doing. We all know what we should be doing. Something is rotten. No regrets, except in that cup of <laughs> and that, dear listeners. Is where we will end tonight's session. Of Dark Was the Night. We hope you had a. not quite spooky. This was really more of a traumatizing good time. I know I did. (laughs) I'm Roosevelt. I'm sorry.
2: I'm Emily Sue.
1: And we're going going to to Disneyland.